A science story, huh? And I just thought, well, I figured it out. I it was that golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hi, welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true, personal stories about science. I'm your host for this series, Misha Gajewski, senior producer at Story Collider. Today is the start of a very special mini-series where we're looking at mental health and people's experiences with mental health, but with a twist. For the next three weeks, you're going to hear stories that explore the different sides of the same story. Because, as the cliché goes, there's two sides to every story. This is especially true when it comes to mental health. All of the stories involve mental health struggles in some way, shape, or form, but each story is a unique take on this two-sides idea. Some of the stories will be about how people look at the same event differently, and some of them will be about how people can have vastly different experiences of one moment. This week, our story is from couple Xavier Rotana and Brittany Lundberg. Their stories, like their lives, are intertwined. It was recorded at their home in Chicago. In October, I started driving high. I didn't do it for very long. I didn't like that I did it. I didn't tell anyone about it. I didn't take on the habit intentionally, but I did do it. I came to love it and... I smoked while driving high for Uber, which was a hard decision. Uber, not weed. I had to completely mute my social conscience because I know what with the corporate misogyny and the phrase COVID safe Uber driver being a fucking oxymoron. But me and Brittany couldn't sublease our old place. She wanted to move into separate places. And to her surprise, without blinking, I said, yes. I mean, it it was time. And we were both really excited to leave our shitty, tiny Avondale apartment and make our own spaces. Her in Ravenswood, me in Logan Square. But we rushed it. We couldn't find subleasers. And we thought we did. And we we didn't. Long story short, me and Brittany each had to pay for the whole of our new apartments and half of our old one. And I'm already at a razor's edge financially. We needed the money. And I couldn't ask for a raise in my day job. That's a privilege of a job as it is, but put a pin in that. In October, I got a text from my mom. All it said was, I miss you. And that pissed me off because it was the first thing she'd said to me in almost three months. See, my mom had found out through the grapevine that I was throwing the word abusive around, and she was, to put it mildly, upset. She started the conversation with a screenshot and a, explain this, and then end it with a, well, if that's really how you feel, then I don't want to be a further detriment to you. I'm sure it was supposed to hurt me or guilt me into caving, but I honestly felt really badass to leave her on red. 2020 was the year that I started to be the woman I was dreaming of being. I like plants. I started an indoor jungle. I hated my job. I made a business. One of my own space got an apartment. I saw this bright, beautiful, and most importantly, cheap one-bedroom apartment in Ravenswood. And as soon as I saw it, I 
Okay, so Xavier window shops on Zillow a lot, and he always looks at places and envisions what his small Maltese terrier Ginger would look like living there. When he can truly envision Ginger in that space, playing with her and giving her a little cave to sleep in, taking her out for walks, that's how he knows he loves the place. I saw this apartment and immediately got visions of plants packing the double-thick windowsills. The windows took up the whole south-facing wall of the living room, which meant I could put any plant, any plant in that room and be good to go. I saw where the humidifiers would be tucked away, the gallons of eggshell tea, the grow lights. I could see where they all would go. So I bought the apartment. And because my mom wasn't talking to me for the first three months I had been living there, she hadn't seen the place. And that was totally fine with me, honestly, because my life was all I wanted it to be at that point. And then I miss you. As if I was the person who said we needed to stop talking. I mean, that's what I believed, but that's definitely not how it went down. So I invited her over. Maybe she'd have an apology. Maybe she wouldn't. Either way, I just wanted to politely remind her that I wasn't the one holding up the friendship train. Okay, and maybe I wanted to flaunt the place a little. As I was saying, I'm totally broke alone and I'm earning pennies as potentially sick people get in my backseat and continue being even more privileged than me, pin. Anywho, every day I would finish a 10 hour shift at my day job again, pin, and I'm exhausted, but I have to, I have to get in my car, turn the app on and hear that. Bloop, 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 bloop. It was nice. I mean, I'd pull over the side of the road and in comes this person who also has a shitty job in science, but really wants to get into painting. Out in comes this lady who writes instruction manuals for other languages and just got off work at her second job at a bar in downtown. Out in. Here's this guy who's making fun of his friends, also in the car for being drunk, alone, and white in Garfield Park, which if you know, you know, and if you don't, then you're either not from Chicago or you're white. Out. This is great. I am making money. Connecting with people, connecting with the city, with my own humanity. But but there's a hitch. I can't help but emote all the shitty stuff I have going on in my life, which, you know, no one wants to hear, especially these people. But I can't help myself, and they can't jump out of the car while we're on Lakeshore. So in, I feel kind of betrayed. Maybe that's not the word exactly. Look, here she is, my lovely girlfriend, thriving, learning, becoming a real human on her own. But I already had this journey. I already lived alone. And I'm already, you know, a full human person. And I know who I am and what I want and what I miss. And I miss having her around. Out in. We're doing fine. In in love and thriving. It's just before the move, I had money and company. And now all I have is... Well, a lot. I have plenty. I'm surviving again. Pin in that out in. I need to stop fucking my life up, you know? I need to start complimenting myself. Stop smoking. Start eating better. Start writing. Get supplements. Go to the doctor. Quit my jobs. All of them. Talk to friends. You know, the general laundry list of desires I put in all things. But once Uber came into play, I mean, all that is on my mind is money and time to the point that I'm not even checking my bank account. I'm just working, working, working because my goal is not to be broke. And if all my time can be money, then I, I'll never be broke if I always get 
money if I always work Uber out in. I don't really have any friends right now out in. I should have done like one open mic before all the clubs closed down. Don't I want to be a comedian? <laughs> I'm wasting away at this industrial laboratory gig and fucking Uber and I want to be a comedian. Fuck out in. But when I get high, I feel less down, less worried. I'm not as critical of myself or my life. I can talk about anything. I learned to appreciate. Out. Okay, so my favorite plant is this philodendron Brazil I've had for about three years. I got it when Xavier and I started dating, and I like the symbolism. The longest vine is over eight feet long, and you better believe I draped that shit across my whole living room. The rest of the plant has these deep green teardrop leaves with landing strips of lime green shooting up the middle. It's the first thing you see when you walk into my apartment. A pillar of green water falling down from the ceiling. Next to my door, there's a huge money tree I'd gotten at the beginning of quarantine. Lockdown in Chicago started right on my 23rd birthday, and to make me feel better about canceling my plans, Xavier got me this four-foot-tall tree with six trunks beautifully braided together. Above the tree, I keep the first plant that I didn't buy but grew. It's a spider plant that hangs in a macrame hanger that someone handmade for me when I first opened my plant shop. Now, I'm contractually obligated to say that I love all plants, but these three, they aren't just plants. They're my history. And despite being my mother, my mom really isn't a part of that. I don't typically share things with her unless I'm okay with it being used against me later, and it's not like she ever asks about anything anyway. But I think if she were to start asking that these three plants, they'd be a great place to start. So I buzz her in and I pack a bowl as she hikes up to my third floor apartment. When I open the door for her, she huffs and steps in. She says, it's a little crowded. Then with a flap of her jacket and hot. I shut all the windows, cranked up the AC, and bared down. Typically, I don't have a poker face. Don't believe in them. But 2020 is the year of progress, so if things can't stop pissing me off, then I guess I might as well learn to hide the eternal rage. So, every time my mom had something mean or naggy or just plain shitty to say, I pivoted to the apartment. Oh, you think I'm informing on you to your ex-husband? All right, here's the army of pothos I'm nurturing to sell. You think I never call you enough? Here, come look at this weird succulent I found in the alley the other day. Oh, you think that you stealing money from me is my fault? All right, no problem, dude. Come look at my shower plants. <laughs> and so it went. For, surprisingly, hours. Eventually, my mom complained about how nobody had repainted her house for her yet, and I feel good. So, I offered to do it. <laughs> Besides, I'm living by myself during COVID, so what the fuck else am I supposed to do? So, we go back to my childhood home, where my mom and my little brother live, and I paint my old childhood bedroom. I smoked a joint with my brother, I drank on a ladder, and I sang Dean Martin songs with my mom. When Xavier picked me up, I was smiling. I'm drunk, but 
smiling. I spent the night at Xavier's with a warm feeling that I hadn't associated with my mom in a very, very long time. I feel new. It's wonderful. It's a cathartic monk experience, you know, having people come and go to steer around a vessel for either vigorously drunk free spirits or steep, tired souls tethered to their routine of a hard day's night. In, a French immigrant talks about their perspective of America, and I'm confident enough to talk back in French, mind you, j'étais très amusant, out, whoa, I can't believe I just did that, in, this guy talks about new music and his rise as an artist and how all his life he had to ignore his father's goading to become a fish vendor in Arkansas, and I have nothing but questions for such an interesting CW show of a life, out, this is wonderful, in, excuse me, Aurora, like, 40 minutes away, Aurora? Shit. So, it's 11 p.m. This guy gets in. The app tells me it's a 15-minute drive. Like, fuck. I mean, note to listeners, if you're taking a cross-country Uber, uh, don't. The the app is not driver-friendly, which means your driver is not friendly if you do this, unless they're high as shit, in which case I am, and I got to gabbing with the guy, and you know what this cross-country Aurorian hated most when he used to drive for Uber? taking people out of town and he couldn't see the irony of his position no apology or acknowledgement to the inconvenience of the situation fuck that guy out because i'm alone again there's no noise it's so dark of course i'm not getting orders i mean i'm in the middle of nowhere oh no i it's because my phone's dead it's okay i have uh I don't have a charger. Must have left it at home. Okay, okay. Uh, right, I'm losing feeling <laughs> in my hands, which I get when I'm high. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. Okay, it's midnight. It's COVID outside. There's no one here. It's just interstates and apartments and everything so spread out and low to the ground. I can't see the street signs. I don't have any gas. I'm driving. 30 minutes past 60. I'm not even trying to get home anymore. I'm just panicking, driving alone with no phone and numb hands. The next day, I left Xavier's feeling, I don't know, I guess, I guess the word would be justified. I was paying for two apartments a month and had no free money, but that was the worst of my issues. That was the worst of my issues during 2020. I took the bus home and I didn't even listen to music because I was so plugged into the world. I was really where I wanted to be and there was nothing in my life that felt out of control. I spent the day walking around and basking in music that played out in the park outside my apartment. I finally got back to my apartment late afternoon and I could hear my cat Morty shouting at me as I walked up the stairs. As I open the door, Morty pushes through a pile of crunchy brown leaves. And as he gleefully rubs up against my legs, I stare at all of this devastation in front of me. My philodendron and my money tree had dropped almost all of their leaves, as did almost 20 other plants in my living room. My floor, my couch, my tables, everything is covered in decaying, defeated leaves. 
By the end of the first week of November, all but 10 of my plants look like pet sticks. My landlord swore it wasn't the apartment, but three separate technicians told me that that stove was putting out less than lethal amounts of gas into the apartment. On the ninth, I was finally fed up with picking rotting bits of my life's passion up off of the floor. I took some product pictures of the few plants that were managing to stay alive, and I went to spend the nights at, at Xavier's. I smoked, I played video games, and I had a couple days away from the failure that I was 100% responsible for. The day I was going home, November 11th, I woke up and found that I had the day off. On a whim, I texted my mom. And I mean, truth be told, she was the only person in my pod that had a car and I wanted to use my unexpected day off to pick up a new Christmas tree. I asked if she wanted to hang out and pick one out with me, and 30 minutes later, she was outside Xavier's apartment. I took a hit, switched my laundry, and hopped in the car as mom answered her phone. As soon as she picked up the call, she started to hyperventilate. The voice on the other line kept asking about an overdue payment, and through broken breaths, my mom sputtered out, I, I can't talk to you right now. She stumbled out of the car, slamming the door and burying her face in folded arms on top. And I sat with my hands stacked on top of each other, eyes staring straight ahead. I didn't want to embarrass her by watching. A few minutes later, she faintly taps on the glass. I got out and I tried to ground her with simple questions because I think she's having a panic attack. What day is today? Wednesday. Did you, did you work today? No. Okay. What day is tomorrow? Thursday. Do you work tomorrow? Get help. Let's take that pin out. I'm aware of the privilege I hold. I'm in a position where I need to make extra money. I already have a legit job. Like, I get to gloat about it because it's near downtown and it's a chemist job, which is what I went to school for. And sure, I drive Uber, but only because we need extra money because of a personal preference. Me and Brittany decided to leave our old apartment. We each rented two more apartments than a decidedly large portion of the U.S. right now. And I'm choosing to be intoxicated while I work, a luxury I can afford because I have a car and am driving for Uber and not working the cash register at Target, a job that's a lot harder and pays a lot less you know, someone gave me notes for this piece and said they needed me to explain why having two jobs was a privilege, totally unaware that being that unaware is in and of itself a privilege. So if you also don't fully understand how I'm in a privileged position, congrats, how's the vacation home doing? But I shouldn't be one to judge. I mean, um, my biggest story during a year of COVID-19 is that I smoked a doobie and got lost in my 2013 Sonata. Who cares? And you would think, that awareness of my own nihilism and privilege would sober me, would convince me to stop moving and really look at myself. Is this where I want to be? But I keep driving. I short-circuited. I'm crying. Heavy tears at a strip mall in Aurora. High, hungry, and terrified. Even with all this opportunity, it is inevitable that I squander it at a midnight Aurora murder. I thought I would be murdered for sure. Like, it's like I'm in the 70s. There's no phone, no GPS, no one's out after midnight. I mean, yeah, I know, too many podcasts. But eventually, 
I sobered up and found my way home. I know, I'm alive. Anticlimactic. I remember being parked outside my apartment, staring at the car parked in front of me. I took a deep breath. It was the deepest I'd taken in a long time. And it was difficult to take. From that point on, I stopped smoking. I set aside time for myself, you know, bit by bit, cooking, exercise, music, writing. I did keep working crazy hours, though, right up until... Xavier's apartment is right next to a fire station, so my mom was in an ambulance within minutes. They took her to the hospital just to be safe, and then intubated her as soon as she got there. Turns out, it wasn't a panic attack, but her second heart attack in less than a year. Over the course of 24 hours, her heart slowed, and then it stuttered, and then it stopped. The morning of the day my mom died, my little brother and I had to watch from the other side of plexiglass as a machine thrusted her chest open and shut. He said, she's going to make it. And I had to tell him that she probably wouldn't. And he cried, and I cried because he cried. But inside, I kept thinking about how complicated our lives were going to be from now on. I saw this TikTok once that said, if a plant dies suddenly, it's because it absorbed a curse for you. When we got that call about mom, my brain just kept tossing that idea around. And it feels illegal to say it, but I wondered if my mom was the curse. If, if the coming trauma leached the life from that perfect little oasis as a warning. I had to abandon my apartment in order to pay for the overdue mortgage and lengthy probate battle that we inherited. My plants were the first thing I transplanted back to my childhood home. And, funny enough, Xavier was the second. You know, I forgot that I get this way. You know, when I'm alone, I spiral, and I'm not sure how to feel about it. Because I hit rock bottom after rock bottom, me telling myself that I'm going to stop fucking my life up, but maybe it never was fucked up. Maybe that's something I tell myself when I want to be better. Maybe telling myself I'm a fuck up is my tough love mechanism for telling myself I'm worth something, so I should act like it. And it worked. I freaked out. Then I got better. I mean, I stopped moving, stopped Ubering. I took a breath. I moved in with Brittany to help her with the stress and the work in her childhood home. Everything is going to be okay. I pulled over, opened the door, and got out. That was Xavier and Brittany. Xavier is a senior lab tech working with metals and stuff, and he's a storyteller. Brittany works in the medical publishing industry and also runs her own plant and art shop. It's called Boblin's Greenery. The Story Collider is so grateful to Xavier and Brittany for sharing their stories with us. 
The Story Collider is also very grateful for the support of Science Soundbox, a Simons Foundation initiative dedicated to engaging everyone with the process of science. This podcast series is produced by me, Misha Gajewski, with assistance from Story Collider's Artistic Director, Aaron Barker, Deputy Director Nissa Greenberg, and Senior Podcast Editor Jen Chen. Special thanks goes out to the whole Story Collider team, including Operations Manager Lindsay Cooper and Interim Executive Director Leslie Griesbach-Schultz, without whom none of this would be possible. The stories featured in this episode were produced by me, Misha Gajewski, and our theme music was composed by Ghost. On next week's episode, we'll hear from a woman whose life-altering diagnosis gives her clarity when it comes to her blurry memories. But in the meantime, remember... It's COVID outside. So... Take care of yourselves and each other. Thanks for listening.